Are you an investigative professional? Have you heard about the investigatorstoolbox.com? Check out this exclusive online community for networking, learning, and data resource management. The Toolbox is a one-stop shop for all your investigative needs. Check out our robust collection of forums, our comprehensive learning page, and our expansive library of OSINT research tools. We've just released an app for both iOS and Android, so you can access the site seamlessly right off your phone. We have also partnered with some amazing companies like Crosstracks, Delpoint, IRB, ScopeNow, the Hetherington Group, PI Magazine, PI Gear, Merlin Locate Services, Paravin, the PI Institute of Education, and so many more. They're offering over $1,250 worth of discounts and benefits exclusively to community members today. Use code PIP201836 and save 10% on your membership. That's www.investigators-toolbox.com. Crosstracks case management system. That is what we are talking about today. Are you using a case management system? What are you waiting for? If you don't use a case management system, you really need to look into implementing that into your business regimen. I've been at it with Crosstracks now a little over a year, and it's just been a game changer for my business. They are SOC 2 certified, SOC 2 Type 2 certified. If you don't know what that means, it means that they're encryption system is second to none and you have to go through a whole screening process to figure out uh, if you can even qualify for that and they have so you know with certainty your data is being protected i don't think there's another case management system out there that offers that same ability to have the SOC 2 type 2 certification as you guys know i've been uh, you know singing the praises of cross tracks and uh, i really believe in this product and i believe you should check it out Contact Brad, contact Pat, uh, one of the team members over there, and see if it's right for you. Crosstracks case management system, check it out today. Today we welcome Georgia investigator Alex Chilton to the show. Alex has a great story on how he started as a one-man show and has expanded to four locations in three states. The guys really dig in and talk about some great tips to realize when it's time to expand your operation. So here's Alex Chilton with your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This week we have a, a very cool guest, somebody who I'd uh, met down at the Scally South Carolina Association event. We were in between events or maybe at the end of the day, I was chatting with a bunch of people and I thought he'd be a good guest. So I said, hey, let's, let's come on to the show. So today we have Alex Chilton uh, from CGA Solutions. Alex, welcome to the program. Hey man, thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me. Thanks, man. Thanks. The uh, pleasure is all mine, man. It's great to chat with you. I loved that conference. The Scally conference was was amazing. They did a great job this year. You know, I typically uh, spend my time bouncing between either Scally um, or Fally conference, and uh, this year it was Scally's turn. So next year it'd be Fally's turn. But it was it was a great conference. It really was. That's probably one of the best ones I've I've been to in the in the twenty years, twenty two years I've been doing this. Yeah, and that was the first one for me uh, to go down there. So it was it was good to meet new people, but also see my old friends. So it was a good mix having Intelnet and on the uh, on the mix. It made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Although I got to tell you, when I arrived, everybody was wearing masks. So it's like I see people walking around. I'm like, I think I know this person, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'll just you know nod my head up and down and see how they respond. Wow. <laughs> so that was a bit strange. Well, it was. Well, I'm going to tell you, I think all that kind of just wore off, you know, when everybody just had a good time. Oh, you yeah. Know, every, every, everybody's mask just kind of faded by the 
by the time the meeting came around and everybody knew who everybody was at that point. So we're yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, I think we're all a bit cautious, not knowing what to expect, um, you know, going into it. But, uh, you know, I think when the, when the comfort level, um, got there and we all said, all right, you know what, it's going to be okay. Like everyone's going to be fine. Um, and we got a little more relaxed with it. Um, so we're not here today to actually talk about Scali. I covered that on some other show. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I actually wanted to talk about you and your business. So tell me a little bit about your background. How'd you get into the business? So um, I originally left law enforcement in 1997, um, floundered around for about 18 months trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I had a good longtime friend of mine, old old dude, private investigator uh, named David Smith, and I'll just say his name. Um, uh, David had um, coerced me into working with him a few times, um, and and this was back when I was still in law enforcement. He needed help with surveillance or whatever, and Georgia allows for that to some, to some degree if you're in law enforcement. And um, when I was a younger man, David always said, you know, you've got a knack for this, and you need to come work with me at some point, you know, and, and you know, by the time I'd finally made my mind up, uh, David had gotten older and really slowed down, not doing what he normally did. And so I just took it upon myself and just said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I mean, I literally had $500 in my, to my name. And, and I said, I'm either going to sink or swim and right. I've never sank. So here I am today. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great story, man. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, it, it is a huge concern. Like for me, when I started my business too, it was just me when I started and, you know, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can move around and I'm, I'm a young guy and I'm aggressive and, and hungry and I want to, you know, build this thing up. But what happens after that? Right. So I think it's, it's super important to surround yourself with, with people that are, that are good, that can do a lot of the work that as you get more seasoned, we'll call it a little more experienced, but you don't want to go out and do that field work um, every day. It's like really, really important. And what we're going to dive into later is, is now you've expanded your business to multiple locations. So I, I want to dive into that and what that looks like a little bit later on um, just to understand, you know, when you hit those growth periods, what's the signal and, and do I go for it? Do I not go for it? You know, I only got 500 in my account. <laughs> is now the right time to open a second second agency? I don't know. You know, we'll we'll dive into that uh, a bit. So, when you were in law enforcement, what type of um, uh, work did you do? What what agency were you working for? So I was actually in law enforcement twice. Um, I got out. I got into the PI business. A, um, a friend of mine went to work for a really good guy. Had got elected sheriff. Kind of later in my career. Um, it was a rural community. I'm, I'm not going to call their name or anything, but it was a rural community. And the sheriff up there just needed help kind of cleaning the house. Mm -hmm. So um, the friend of mine that worked there uh, brought in a few of us that he knew he could trust. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up working narcotics in that small rural community up there. And um, that's where I got my taste of narcotics work from. Prior to that, I had pretty much done everything. Um, I walked the jail floor. I drove the jail van. I worked in 911. I worked road patrol in you know high crime areas. So I had a lot of good, varied experience going into this. Yeah, I'm sure you probably saw a thing or two, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that's like, great. Like having somebody stabbed right in front of you. Yeah. Wow. What, you know, domestic violence call. Man, this is this is probably one of the the calls I'll never forget. Um, I went to a domestic violence call one time and. The lady opened the door and she's standing there in her pink bathrobe and curlers in her hair, holding her Bible. And she's reciting Bible verses and 
preaching at me and telling me about the evils of men. And, and, um, uh, and I asked her where her husband was and she opened the door and I go back to the back bedroom of the house. So this was an old um, Southern neighborhood. So it's, you know, very much a shotgun house. Right. You, know, you can see from the back and I go to the back bedroom and the husband um, hears me coming and he opens the door up about two inches and says, is she still out there? <laughs> and she peeks over my shoulder and, you know, and spouts something else off at him. And I back her up, talk to him, get him out the door. And what I didn't realize under her pink bathrobe sleeve, she had a meat fork and she reached right over the back of me and stabbed him right in the chest. Wow. That is what, man, that's a Quentin Tarantino movie right there. <laughs> I expect him to jump I, out and go cut and print. You know? yeah, right. Right. You know, and, and it, and it was just like so surreal. And, and okay. that was the first time I had ever really struck a woman in my life. Right. You know, my choices were shooter or hitter. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I caught her with a good right cross when I turned and, and you know, dropped her. And, and um, uh, I'm sitting there trying to cuff her. True story. He's standing there with the meat fork stuck in his chest, asking me not to take her to jail because yeah. he loved her. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know, how do you respond to that? Right. You know, he must must have done messed up. (laughs) I'm sure he did something. It was just, just, you know, so anyhow, that's, that's, that's probably the craziest story I've got from that is nuts. So I, I have like one of my best friends is a a police officer up here in uh, New York, not New York city uh, outside of it. And um, he was responding to something recently that was, it was a domestic issue that ended up becoming um, a standoff. So, uh, the guy had a knife and he at one point lunged at my, my friend and I guess he's first in line. So he's got the shield, right? So he's able to to deflect um, the attack. Then the guy ran off and barricaded himself in the room. And I, I remember talking to my buddy and he's like, I had two choices, right? I can try and keep him alive or kill him. <laughs> he's yeah. me. He goes, I chose to, to keep him alive, you know? And he goes, yeah, it was a pretty hectic day. It was an eight hour, six hour, whatever standoff. But at the end of the day, I'm alive. I get to go home and kiss my kids and he's alive because I didn't want to kill yep. him. And uh, man, that, that is uh, that one stuck with me because it's like you, oh, yeah. you have split seconds to make these decisions on this. Yep. And yep. Uh, that, is, that is the absolute truth. You, do, you have split seconds. Yeah, that's it's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I bet that kind of stuff doesn't happen in, in investigative work uh, or private investigations. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, um, true story too. You know, we were redoing our our workers' comp insurance because we've expanded to so many employees now that that we had to get a different level of workers' comp insurance for Georgia or something. Harvard was explained to us, and the way they rated us at, as private investigators and process servers was exactly the same as police. Right. So they were trying to charge us twenty eight thousand dollars a year for workers' comp insurance, and in twenty two years nobody that's ever worked for me has ever had a claim. So I literally had to educate an underwriter on what we do mm-hmm. and explain to them that we're not kicking in doors. We're not driving Ferraris and we're not, you know, flying around in helicopters, um, uh, you know, rescuing people and getting in gunfights. They, I mean, the underwriter just really had no clue. Yeah. Really didn't have any yeah. We, we get that. We get that up here in New York too. So basically yeah. in New York, we have two options. We have the New York state insurance fund or travelers. And one is more oppressive than the other. <laughs> it's really, right. uh, you know, if, when you talk to the insurance brokers and I'm, I'm, I've spoken with a bunch of them, 
They're like, oh yeah, where, where are you out of uh, New York? They're like, yeah, I can't can't mess with your comp. <laughs> I can't even give you a quote. Like it's not even worth it. Yeah, um, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it really is, and and it's just a lack of education about what we do. I mean, yeah. really and, and every year it goes up by twenty percent, even if you don't have a claim. Yeah, right, <laughs> so, right. right. You got to love that. <laughs> so what we end up doing then is we end up passing along the cost to our, you know, our clients, right? You know, oh, why why are your prices going up? Well, you know, talk to New York State Insurance Fund. <laughs> you know, like, right. you know, it's. Uh, I tell you, the guys, I really feel sorry for the guys down in Florida because you know that they have to charge sales tax on yeah. their work. Oh, us but too. Know that. Yeah, New York. Oh, also. Yep. yeah. So not wow. for process serving, but but for regular investigative work. And it, yeah, I mean, it's a pain in the butt, you know. But I've been doing it for sixteen years now, so yeah. it's like you know, you just got to always keep in the, in mind that every you know quarter you got to have some money around <laughs> like the money you're collecting is not your own right give caesar what to do his and then i'm not going to stab you with a fork but uh, that's <laughs> that's what we're going to do okay and that's been one of the reasons why we have not you know sought any licensure in florida is yep. because of the sales tax issue yeah. even though we're based out of georgia we would still have to charge their sales tax to our clients that we did work for in florida and yeah just, you know i got I got hammered for it once on the stand too, which was like really silly. An attorney was cross-examining me and he was trying to shake me up a bit and he was asking me about sales. And, uh, you know, he's like, how much do you make? And I'm like, okay, do you mean like me personally or do you mean sales of the business? And of course that was the, you know, his eyes got really big and he's like, ah, oh, you're a salesman, you sales, blah, blah, blah. All you're doing is collecting sales and, and you want to please your your customer. I was like, no, the uh, New York State Department of Tax and Finance requires me to collect sales tax. So I'm going to call it sales because they do. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. I guess being called a salesman is better than being called a stalker. I actually had, a, I had an old lawyer one time who told me that I was I was nothing more than a than a uh, paid stalker. They're glorifying me. All about that with the court, and it was just you know it was ridiculous. Things still didn't go his way, but it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, a jury can read through that nonsense. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, it's always interesting when you have to testify. It doesn't happen that often, but when it does, it's uh, always interesting. <laughs> it is. Okay. So I, I think we're going to jump out and take a break right here. I think it's a good spot. And when we come back, I would like to jump in and just talk about your agency and the evolution of your agency uh, from the $500 in the bank account. And now we've, we're running out of multiple states. Uh, so I want to get into that and just uh, talk about what that looks like and maybe give some pointers to folks that are that are wondering about expansion and whether it's time to do that or, or that. So everybody sit okay. tight and uh, we'll be right back after these words. Are you overwhelmed with your current case log? Could you use some help with your skip trace assignments? With Merlin Locate Services, rather than adding staff, you can add an entire skip trace department of licensed private investigators who specialize in skip tracing. Check out MerlinLocate.com today. When you work with Merlin Locate Services, you bring on a valuable experience and trusted extension to your team. Want full data access without a site inspection? IRB Search gives you full social security numbers, dates of birth, up-to-date contact info, and so much more without the inconvenience or cost of an inspection. As an added bonus, you can access IRB data on any device in any location. You'll always have the best data anytime, anywhere. Visit IRBSearch.com and use exclusive promo code PIPOD2021 for a free trial and 100 credits. 
offer available for new and returning customers. Check out the PI Institute of Education at piinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Have you heard about this year's Osmosis Conference? It's back to a live event in San Diego, California from October 10th to October 12th. The event is available both live and virtually. Matt's going to start his quick hit segments very soon on Thursdays and highlight each speaker. Learn more at osmosiscon.com. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. We are welcoming Alex Chilton back to the program from CGA Solutions down in Georgia. Alex, welcome back to the program. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. No problem. So uh, before we took the break, we were teasing about uh, growing your business and uh, when is the right time to kind of make that move. So walk me all the way back to the beginning here. You got 500 bucks in your bank account and you're taking this job with your buddy. And uh, what does that look like? You're, you're out of Georgia, I would assume at that point, right? Yeah, out of Georgia. Um, I was a single member private investigation firm, like so many are. Um, I'm going to tell you, I was surprised when I took the exam and passed it the first time. Right. Uh, at that time in Georgia, typically 50% of every class that took the exam. So let's say 100 people took the exam today. Mm-hmm. Back then, 50 of those people would fail. Of the 50 that passed within the first, I think it was six months. And these were real statistics back then. Mm-hmm. 50% of those would be gone in the first six months. Right. And then with first three years, the other 50% would be gone. Wow. And that's what you typically be left with after about three years. So you're, I mean, it, it, would, it, it had a very high attrition rate, very high yeah, that, attrition rate. This is some fuzzy that, math, bro. <laughs> huh? That's fuzzy math. That, <laughs> Your math well, is I'm just, I'm just saying, it, it, it really yeah. was, I mean, Georgia, it was like that. Um, yeah. It just, and it, you know, my, of course my wife was scared to death back then. She was like, Oh God, we're going to starve, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. It just started out. I, I just knew I had to do it. I mean, it was one of those things where I had no desire to go back into law enforcement. I had no desire to work for anyone else again. I saw how successful David Smith had been doing it. And I, I just knew that this was what I needed to do. And, and I did it. And that's the thing, like you have that, that passion, that desire, and, and that never ends, right? As you continue to grow your business, and you expand to different locations, you're still going to have that passion. You just got to rechannel your workflow as to what you're doing. You know, and what I'll tell you is over the years, I've had several people that have worked for me and I hope I didn't cut you off. No, 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 go ahead, man. Yeah. I've had several people that have, you know, worked for me and they get into this business with the Magnum PI mentality and they don't realize really how mundane and, and, and how repetitive and non-exciting this business can be right. because it is a business, right? And that's one of the things I think a lot of people miss that, is that this is, this is a business. Right. And if you don't have that mindset going into it, you know, it's not a garage hobby. It's not, you know, a spare room in your house, you know, office hobby. Right. Um, it is a real business if you treat it that way. If you treat it like a hobby, it's always going to be a hobby. Um, but there have been several people for me over the years that have just coming on 
because they didn't understand it was a business and they couldn't understand why I took it so seriously. And it's because this is my livelihood. Yeah. This is how I make my money. This is how you're going to make your money if you want to stay here. And so it's, it's, it's just been, it's been trying to educate people about what we do um, and then educate people in our industry that they have to treat this like a business. It can't be a, you know, a, um, a, you know, Hey, I'm retired now. And yeah. I came from a three letter bureau and, you know, and I just want to jump in the PI pool. You know, if you don't have a good business acumen, you're not going to survive. I don't care where you came from. Yeah. And that's, that's the direct explanation for those numbers you were throwing out before. Um, you know, if you don't really have the desire to study for those, that test, you're not going to pass. Right. And if you do okay. pass and you don't have the desire to actually go out and work, you're going to fail. Um, you know, no, nobody's going to knock on your door and say, here, here's the count. You got to be aggressive and assertive and, and you got to get the job done timely. You got to actually do the work and, and, and kind of be good at it. <laughs> if you have too many failures, you're probably, uh, you know, going to be stabbing somebody with a meat fork at some point. You know? <laughs> yes. Let me, t- let me tell you something. You know, my dad has passed. I, I was considerably younger. I, I, I was a late in life child. Um, well, I say I was a late in life child. I was actually an adopted child ultimately. Um, um, but my father was considerably older than me. The, ma- the man that I call my father, not, okay. not my biological father, but the man who raised me, uh-huh. uh, my dad um, was considerably older than me. And he was a um, uh, end of World War II Korean um, vet. He was he was deployed almost the entire time he was in Korea. Wow. And one of the things that that he taught me was motivation will fail you every day. Every day people get up motivated to do something, but right. if you don't have the will to get something done and the will to see something through, then you might as well just stop now sure. because it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know. That's kind of how I've run this business. I have willed this business into being what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a great partner, um, David and I, David Gibbs is my partner. Mm-hmm. You know, David and I both come from very similar backgrounds. And um, the last two and a half years, almost three years now that we've been partners, I mean, like real partners in equity. I mean, we're not just partners in name. I mean, we, we own this business together. Right. Um, you know, he and I um, have flourished over the last three years because we are two people that have the same will and the same vision to get to the same point. And right. I know, I know that's rare because one of the guys that I admire the most in this business is Kelly Riddle. Sure. And I know Kelly started out with a partner and ended up by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and he, and he talks about that, right. The first, the first time I ever saw Kelly um, was when I really got inspired, honestly. And I, and I got to give Kelly a shout out, right. Because he is a great guy. Yeah. Um, no argument here. <laughs> Yeah. You know, um, he talked about partners and how partners just typically don't work. And, you know, but for me, it's a it's a different kind of dynamic with me and David. And -hmm. and it really does work for for us. And it has really helped take what was his business and take what was my business, mesh them together. And now we've got, you know, four offices because of that. So let's, let's hammer down on that a little bit. Cause I think you're, you're hitting a point here. You know, obviously the, the, the partnership is not for everybody and it is tough. And I've seen it along the lines with some of the, my peers and my friends that, that had started off as partnerships and it, it eventually it, it just failed. Um, the vision wasn't equal, you know, when, yes, you're both equal partners, but when the, uh, the vision is not equal, it goes in different directions and, 
hey, let's go biblical again, right? And those that are not equ equally yoked, <laughs> it's just not going to work out, right? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a biblical concept, right? And in, in, in business, that's a concept too, right? If you're not focused and on the, the same page, um, it, it's just, it's not going to work, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, what I'll tell you is you, you've got to, and to hit on what you said about being equally yoked. So David and I have different talents, right? Mm -hmm. We bring our different talents to the table. Now, what that's allowed us to do is to really divvy up our responsibilities in the business as the owners. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it has nothing to do with, you know, if I work 40 hours a week, you have to work 40 hours a week. Hell, that there are some weeks David might work 10 or 15 hours. I mean, truly work 10 or 15 hours and, and I might work 60 and then yeah. it might reverse the next week. But it, but it all comes down to being able to, um, to get your differences in line and to understand that the, that the common goal is success. And I don't want to be a motivational speaker right now, but I mean, but yeah. that's, but that's what it comes down to. You know, yeah. you, you've got to be able to have that end goal and you both have to see that goal together and bring both your talents together to get there. You know, um, David and I are labeled separately in the company. So because we're an LLC partnership, um, David is recognized as our operating partner. I'm recognized as our managing partner. Um, I do better at things like this, at you know, the promotion side of stuff and, you know, getting out and meet and greet, you know, shaking babies and kissing hands kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you know, David's <laughs> yeah, you know, David's got a really good, um, uh, um, you know, he's that sales guy, you know, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good dude. You know, can, can sell ice to, you know, to an Eskimo kind of guy. Sure. And I, and I love him to death for that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really what's helped us balance this. You know, that's a really good point, right? So identifying the strengths of each partner in the partnership and really, you know, giving them the space to breathe and do that and not trying to micromanage your partner's expertise. Cause I, I feel like that could lead to a problem as well. Right. Um, yes. and, and there's always that danger of it. Uh, you know, when you're coming into a situation where you're bringing your baby and they're bringing their baby and now you're, you know, commingling and making it one, one entity, um, where, you know, you don't want to offend anybody. You don't want to, you know, hurt feelings. I think communication is super important, right? You got to be able to lay it all out there. And, um, you know, no surprises and I'm sure contracts are probably, probably important too, you know, like yeah, having, having that, that written contract behind it, just so it's all spelled out. And if yep. crap does hit the fan, you know, like, yeah, you've got this piece of paper here that kind of, you know, Hey, this is what we agree to. Um, you know, always uh, anticipate how it could fall apart. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. No, listen, it, it's business. And I, and I go back to what I said in the beginning, this is a business. Yeah. If you think this is a hobby because you went out and got your PI license, then then you've got a problem, right? You are a professional private investigator. You have to run this like a professional private investigation firm. And that gets lost on a lot of people. It, it really does, yeah. um, especially those who want to experience growth. And then they find themselves stagnant and then they become bitter at the industry, you yeah. know, where they're bitter about, you know, uh, just different things because they don't have five employees or they don't have this, you know, and, and I'm probably going to, I'm probably fixing to, and I hate this word offend. So I'm going to use the word pissing people off about, how about that? We are business people. Those of us that have made it this far, right? Yeah. You, me, guys like Kelly, and there are many others in this industry as well, but we treat employees like employees, not like subcontractors. 
workers, right? Absolutely. You know, I pay taxes on all of my people. Yeah. Um, you know, that they have workers' comp coverage. You know, they're they are an employee, mm-hmm. and and the reason why I have to do that is because when you really break it down to to what's to what's going on, and you read the statutes, and you start you know learning about an agency license. And, and when that agency license comes back to that person working for you and it says on that license, registered employee, that ain't a contractor, Bubba. And that ain't a subcontractor. That's an employee, yeah. you know, and, and that gets lost on a lot of people because they just, again, I go back to, and I don't want to make this into a, God, I sound like I'm hating on everybody. It, it's, it's we'll a lack it of business. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, I, I mean, it's a lack of business acumen sometimes. And, and, and I don't want people to hate me after this, but, you know, sometimes you just got to put your big girl panties on and bottle that shit up and, you know, yeah. let's do it. Right. And, and, and that's, and that's what happens. That gets lost on people. Yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying about partnerships and being able to communicate. Look, there are times that me and David have had to close the door, yeah. you know, and just air it out sure. because, because, you know, I don't want to step on his toes. He don't want to step on mine, but we're not going to walk on eggshells all the time either. You know, if there's something that you you respect you have for one another to have those conversations. Absolutely, man. And let me tell you, we are much closer now as partners because we've taken that approach because neither one of us are scared to say, Hey, I need to tell you about something. Hey, I need to ask you about something. Why did you do this this way? You know, we're not worried about hurting each other's feelings because we know this is a business and we just move on. Yeah. And even, even when it comes to employees, like, you know, like my favorite employees are the ones that, that come to me and say like, Hey, like, you know, I don't, I don't like the way that you talk to me um, or the direction that you gave me on this. Like, I don't, you know, it'd be easier for me if you did this way or, or is everything all right? You seem stressed out. Like, like being able to have that conversation. Yes. They're, they're an employee of mine, but it's more than that. You know, it's, it's, it's a relationship, right? And, and I want them to be happy with what they're doing. And I want them to, to feel like they're a part of the, the company and they're, they're important. One of the other things that, that I do is, is uh, sales bonuses, right? If the business does good, I want you to do good too. I want you to feel like you're growing with, with the company. I think that's a, that's a great tool. I learned that very early on in business that that was something that motivated. And how did I learn it? Well, the first company I worked for out of college had the same policy, you know, and I wasn't getting rich over it. But at the end of the month, if I had a little extra scratch, it was cool because, hey, the business did good. I'm working hard and I'm getting a little something extra, right? So you have that uh, incentive. So just, you know, having that open lines of communication, if you if you have intentions of expanding and, and building your business, like these are the foundations, these are the blocks you have to have in place, right? You got to have a healthy business running. You can't open another location if, you know, the location you have right now is a dumpster fire, right? That That is ill-advised, I would say. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, planning, right? So one of the things that's made us really successful is that we brought on board very early a good CPA firm and we have a great relationship with the CPA that we work with. Super important. And Chris has been invaluable to us. He, he, and, you know, and here's the thing, and you're probably going to think I'm crazy when I say this. David and I don't touch any of the money. Chris tells us when we can spend, when to hold back. You know, he's given us advice on expansions. He's, he's done budgeting for us. Okay, if you guys want to move into Chattanooga, like you're saying, this is what your monthly output's got to be for, right. for the first year. Right. And we listen to him. 
right. you know, and, and we've been able to put our ego aside and say, Chris, we're going to let you make the bulk of the financial decisions yeah. because we don't want that worry from day to day, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot, and, and, you know, a lot of that goes back to what you said earlier too. And that was having good people in place to do the right things for you. Yeah. Right. It's about having good support staff and where, where Chris might not be on our staff, but we certainly pay him. Right. We also have a good support staff as well, you know, and, 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 and our people, um, we believe work for the best interest of our company because they know we work for their best interest. Absolutely. And talking about bonuses, you know, we, we give out substantial Christmas bonuses every year. I don't do sales bonuses like, like you were talking about, but, but we do do Christmas bonuses and everybody was pleasantly surprised this year when, when they got their Christmas bonus. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, obviously I do Christmas bonuses too, but it's not, not to the extent of what, you would do because I'm spreading it out over the year. Like it's always my thought that if I can give them a little something along the way, it, it, it's that yeah. much better. But you know, I've seen that formula fail too. Like, you know, I've talked to people, I've seen people, friends of mine working going, oh, I get my bonus in June, you know, and then my bonus in December. And as soon as I get that bonus in June, I'm out, <laughs> you know, Bye. and that does happen, you know? So it's not a perfect science, but it, it is you're creating culture, right? And when you create culture um, uh, in your business, you can move forward and you can, you can make those, those expansion moves. And, you know, it's a, it's a pill to swallow. And I think having, having that CPA there, like that is key. Um, I, I have a guy that, you know, from the, from day one, I got the same guy now, so 16 years now. And, you know, I, I tell him what I'm going to get paid. I'm not crazy like you, you know, like that, that's nuts, but I definitely listen to his counsel. Right. So we have real hard to heart talks and, you know, I don't know what your business model is, but I have an S corporation. When you have an S corporation, you know, there are things to consider and you really need to have a good accountant to back you up with that and really, you know, lead you down the right way, making sure that you're doing things and not getting penalties later on. Right. Um, right. You know, and there, there, there were times where, you know, government came back and said, Hey, you know, we didn't understand this filing or this and that. And all I got to do is just like, Hey, here's a copy of, of what they sent over. You deal with it. <laughs> You know, yeah, and it was sometimes just a clarification on, on something, you know, um, so and, I mean, and you bring out a very important point there as the business owner, you've got to be available to run the business, develop the business and, pr- and produce more business. Right. You can't be tied up on the day to day minutiae and operations on what's going on with you dealing with the IRS because they have a question. And instead of calling you and asking you the question, they sent you a four page letter that nobody could understand except for a CPA. Right. So I've, I've been there. I've been there. Um, And when it comes to salary and stuff like you were talking, that, that was also a great point too, is that people get into this business and they don't understand they can't commingle money. Yeah. You know, your business is your business and your money is your money, Correct. but, but the business's money is not yours until you pay yourself with it. Right. And a lot of guys, and, and you know, I say guys, you know, a lot of people that get in this business don't seem to understand that, you know, uh, David and I were very, um, we're very fair with ourselves um, as we are with our employees about salaries and we have a fixed salary and we get paid every two weeks um, like you, uh, if we decide we want a bonus at some point, then we'll tell Chris, Hey, you know, well, we won't tell Chris, we'll, we'll ask Chris, Can we what, <laughs> but what's it look like? You know, I'll ask him, you know, what's it look like? And, you know, can we take a bonus? 
you know, this has really been a great conversation today. Uh, it, it's, it's, it really just boils down to what I've said all along. It's a business. You got to treat it like a business. Yeah. If not, all you have is a hobby that you're going to get bored with later on. Yeah. And just, you yeah. know, figure it out if Chris likes bourbon or, or scotch. Oh, <laughs> you know oh love bourbon. Love bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Send them a pappies and maybe you'll get that that, uh, that bonus even more. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Chris likes to build, you know. <laughs> truthfully, man, we do, you know, um, and we take care of Chris. I mean, you know, not, I mean, not just his quarterly billing to us. I mean, you know, we, we do give him, you know, stuff like, you know, some whiskey every now and then or bourbon, you know, whatever he likes. And, you know, we take him to lunch and do things for him and stuff and, you know, when he's happy, we're happy. And let me tell you what that generates for us. Yeah. That generates a CPA who is as who is as invested as we are in our success. So right now, Chris is like shaking his fist at the radio, going, "I got to declare all this stuff now. Stop it! Stop talking! <laughs> <laughs> Knock it off!" It probably is right. Right? It probably is. So yeah. But but I just but but anyhow, just you know, yeah. Yeah, it, no. it doesn't have to be business. Doesn't have to not be fun. Is what yeah. I'm saying. And this is the other thing to, to, to consider, um, you know, before we wind things down here, uh, understanding that, you know, that we are under a microscope, you know, as uh, the profession that we have, the potential that we could get called to testify on things. And, you know, they're going to look into your due diligence, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, do a full background on you. And if there's questionable practices, or if you've been accused of things, it'll come up and, you know, credibility is, 99% of what we do when we lose it, no one's going to hire you because, you know, like their baby, it's their thing. And if you're questionable, uh, I remember years ago, I mean, I must've been three or four years into the business, maybe even just two years in. And I got an account uh, with a law firm because the prior investigator had lied about a prior DWI conviction. Right. And the attorney told me, he's like, had he just told me about it? it would have been fine. It's not a big deal. But the fact that he didn't disclose it and now he's up on the stand and they burned him on it and it made me look bad and it made him look bad. He goes, I just couldn't get over it. So here, here's your account, by the way, do you have any DWIs? <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so. No, you're right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, that is a great example. That really is a great example. You, you got to tell your lawyers up front if there's any issues you think are going to arise. I mean, any personal issues, yeah. any business issues, any previous work history issues, those need to be aired out because if not, I promise you the other side's going to know about them. Yeah. So basically just to summarize things here, you know, if you have that, that desire, that will to grow your business and really have multiple locations there, strong foundations, really important, a good team of, of accountants, office managers, operations managers, having the infrastructure in place uh, is really important and setting yourself up for a win and understanding that, okay, now I need to tap into that line of credit. You're like now, now is the time to do it, right? So I, I was talking with a, a bunch of people recently about you know post COVID here, and there's been this void of investigators that retired. You're just like I don't want to deal with this nonsense anymore. I'm out, right? Um, so there's this opportunity now to to eat up market share, right? There's this opportunity to grow your business, and what are you going to do with that? Are you going to sit around? Um, and hope for the, for an attorney to call you like, Hey, my guy's retired or, you know, now I'm, I'm, I feel like it's time to make a move. No, you're going to take that capital and you're going to really start, uh, reinvesting it into your business. Like now's the time to tap into the credit line and do that. 
um, because there's opportunities, right? So being able to head to, to forecast that and just take a look at the market share and understand, you know, this is the time to do it. And don't be afraid to fail. It may not work out, right? So, so that uh, tolerance to your, your credit line or whatever money you have laying around, you should be able to feel good about writing a check for that amount and just walking away and saying, it's never coming back to me. Right? That should be the temperance level. And correct me if I'm wrong here, I could just be babbling um, uh, of, of reinvesting and taking that chance because you know there is a chance it won't work out. But if there's a 100% chance it won't work out if you don't take the chance, right? Oh, absolutely. So you know, rule of thumb is never invest what you can't afford to lose. Correct. If you do fail, it's only failure if you fail to learn a lesson, right? Yeah. And, and what I'm going to tell you is in my lifetime, I've learned some really expensive lessons, but I've never failed at anything. Yeah. Because every time I've had a quote unquote failure, I have always learned from it and I've grown from it and I've, I've made the adjustments yeah. that needed to be made, squared myself away yeah. and moved on. Yeah. But it's people who don't learn the lesson that ultimately end up failing. No. And, as long, and, again, and, I'll, and I'll say it again, as long as you can learn the lesson, it might be an expensive lesson, but it's not a failure. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. So I'm going to steal something from John Hoda. I heard it on his show recently. I thought it was genius, right? Fail, right? First attempt in learning, right? Failure stands for first attempt in learning, which I thought is amazing. Like I heard that. I was like, oh, and John, I actually, somebody said it to John. John's like, I'm stealing it. So John, I'm stealing it from you. <laughs> right, right. You know, and I've, and I've learned these lessons of mine, you know, just from experience. I've, I've learned them from other people that I've had the privilege of being around. Um, and, you know, and I'm going to tell you, um, and I'm going to make this, in, 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 you know, so anyhow, when I saw Kelly Riddle several years ago speak at a Fowley conference, and I saw the presentation about business that he laid out, mm-hmm. I said to myself, then I will follow that model. Yeah. And this is where I'm at today. Yeah. Four offices in three states. Yeah. No, Kelly is, uh, he's the real deal. You know, he's a... He's a national treasure. <laughs> There's like a Washington yeah. monument somewhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a fanboy, but I mean, you know, but, but I mean, really, you know, there, there are certain people, if you don't have someone in your industry that yeah. has left a mark and, 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 um, um, and you can't look up to them, then I don't know what direction you're traveling because you've got to look at the people who have been successful in your industry, right. you know, as well as other industries, Right. You know, and, and, and I don't know if Kelly would be the gold standard or not, but, but he's certainly a standard that I followed and it has been successful for us. You know, we've got, I think it's 10 total employees now, you know, spread out among our, our four offices. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and we work all the time. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, hey, I got to sit around and wait for some work to come in today. No, I mean, we're hustling all the mm-hmm. time. You know, my people sometimes look at me. Did you really take that? Yes, I did. Yep. We're fine. Just hang yeah. on. We're good. Yeah. So folks like Kelly are heavily involved in the investigator toolbox project that I have. Uh, Kelly's got, uh, you know, five or six videos um, on, on doing stuff like that and other investigative work in there. Those are resources and tools uh, that are available to the, the membership. Kelly is on there all the time. Um, we're, we're launching a new initiative called investigator insight within the next month or two where folks like Kelly are going to make themselves available for Q and a just to, to members. 
uh, which is amazing. I'm very excited by that. So folks, definitely check that out. I'm going to shamelessly plug it again. <laughs> like I always do because I'm a salesman and I'm in business and that's what we do. We're going to bring it back to you, Alex, and we're, we're going to wrap things down here. This was really great. I, I was like, all right, maybe we'll squeeze 20 minutes out of this and we'll be done. But man, we're pushing an hour here and I feel like there's good nuggets. Like this was really a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure meeting you at Scally, by the way. I'm, yeah. I'm glad we it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh it was great. And and you're like one of the new people that I met there. And there were a bunch of new folks. Um and what what was cool too, uh Scally, is like folks that listen to the show that I'd never met before, like in person coming up going, Hey, I just want to introduce myself. Like I enjoy listening to your show. Like that awesome. puts fire in my belly because I'm like, oh, that's great. People are actually listening. <laughs> like they they're not just bots, you know, like when they get the analytics, they're actually real people. Uh, which is which is neat. So, how do folks get a hold of you if they have any further questions? Probably the easiest way is um, Alex at ChiltonGibbs.com, um, or they can call our main office number. It's eight six six two one seven eight five eight one. And then there's always the website. It's uh, CGA hyphen solutions.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, to listen to this. And uh, we look forward to another show next week with another guest and. Uh, Everybody have a great week and we'll see you next time. Great conversation. We hope you were inspired to take a look at your own agency and decide when it's time to make that big jump. Just try to avoid those folks with sharp meat forks. That had to hurt. Make sure you reach out to Alex if you have any questions about growing your PI business. We also want to thank Crosstracks, Merlin Locate, IRB Osmosis, and PI Institute of Education for sponsoring the show. So please, support our great supporters. Speaking of, have you checked out investigatorstoolbox.com yet? You can join through the app, available on iOS and Android platforms. You'll be able to access the whole site right from your smartphone. There's no better time than today to sign up for the site. Just 49 cents a day, and you can take advantage of some great networking, training, and data resource management. If you use code PIP201836, you'll save an extra $20. If you have a question or a comment about the show, just email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find them on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back on Monday with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.